Welcome back in everyone to a fantastic new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a wonderful returning guest today. Joining us, we have the director, Isaac Byrne, who is with Theater for the People. And they're presenting a new show, Stupid Fucking Bird, playing now through October 1st. It's playing at the Matthew Corzine Studio, and you can get your tickets and more information by visiting theaterforthepeople.org, and that's theater with an R-E and for the number four, or head to eventbrite.com. And we are so excited to be welcoming back our guests and to be talking about this great new show, which recently had another successful run in the spring here in New York. So let's welcome on our guest, Isaac Welcome back to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thanks, Andrew. It's good to be back. I am so happy that you've come back. And you've come back with this great show, which, as I mentioned, had a wonderful run in the spring. And now your company's doing it, which is incredible. It's Stupid Fucking Bird. Can you start by telling us a little bit about the show? Yeah. So it's a modern adaptation of The Seagull by Anton Chekhov which is interesting that, you know, Aaron Posner did this, I think about 10 years ago, I think starting out in Philadelphia at the Arden. And it's gone on to have, it's one of the the most produced shows. I mean, it's had over 500 productions. It's constantly being done. It's been done several times in New York. And it's, you know, it's Chekhov, but there's a lot of interaction with the audience. There's a lot of meta-theatrical things going on. There's music, a lot of humor, a lot more cussing than uh, Anton Chekhov had in the original script. But it still really manages to capture that, and I think bring out even more, um, you know, since it's it's not 19th century Russian drama, it's it's very modern, and it really captures the, the heartbreak and the comedy and just the, the beautiful human experience that you can find in a really great Chekhov production, but it's kind of hard to find in many <laughs> Chekhov productions. That is incredible. And I love that you are doing the show because like, I I didn't know much about it. Truth be told, I knew that it was a huge success here last spring. I didn't know entirely too much about it. So having you explain more about it is amazing. And it sounds fantastic. Who doesn't love a new interpretation of the seagull? So how did you come upon this piece? Well, I had heard about this play a while back, and I've always really enjoyed Chekhov. Like, I remember trying to read it when I was an undergrad and just, like, not understanding it at all. It's so boring and on the page. It really, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And I was at this school, and I was not a part of the BFA program, but I heard they had this Russian director from the Moscow Art Theater there. And I walked in, and I... I was watching these these students do it, and they were they were some of my least favorite actors in the program. Very, they, they were fine, but like they they're not right for Chekhov. They were very sort of comic presentational, like not deep human experience. And they they got up into the scene from Three Sisters, and it was it was worse than it was on the page. And I was like, oh God, this is so bad. And then this giant Russian man, he looked like a big he looked exactly like you want the Russian guy to look, it was, except without the beard, but he was this big guy, bald, big belly, and he had this Asian interpreter. And he got up and he watched it, you know, this this terrible scene. 
And then he got up and he would explain and he was so passionate, but it was all in Russian. And the actors were were like oh, oh 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 my oh no and and he would like act out parts of it he was acting out this sort of the the seduction scene in three sisters and he was acting out both the male and the female parts and it was so funny just watching him do it in russian and then the, the asian interpreter like kind of trying to keep up with him and the actors like looking at her and then looking at looking at him and watching him do it like this light bulb went off in my head and I was like oh this is amazing this is Chekhov can be incredible so I was getting back into Chekhov and somebody said oh this you know this play and they sent me a copy of the script and I just like fell in love with it we normally do new plays I think this is the only time we've ever done a previously produced piece and never a published piece before we had a new play firm donor wanted, which we're going to be producing in the spring and it, several things happened and, you know, it just wasn't the right time with the right cast and the right venue. So we were kind of left without a, a big production this year. And this actor, Mel Matos, she was trying to do this other play, couldn't get the rights. And she was really sad about it. And we were just talking. And I said, well, why don't, why don't we do stupid fucking bird? And I kind of just, threw it out there as a, as a lark and she just grabbed onto it and the ball started rolling and it's a great cast. You know, we've also got to work with Anna Stefanik, who is an incredible musician. She was our music director, but a huge fan of hers. So yeah, we, we were like, you know what, if we're going to do a published piece, this feels like a theater for the people kind of show. So, you know, kind of wild, kind of meta modern, far out there yeah and so it just just got rolling along eventually it was going to be a co-production and then it just we kind of just swallowed it whole but yeah it's been great lovely that's amazing well it sounds like you've had your hands full of the show and in the best way possible and i'm curious to know i know that we're speaking in the middle of your run but what has it been like developing stupid fucking bird especially this particular iteration of it yeah, so it, it's, you know, to, to knock on wood here, the run has been going great. Once we got open, things have been going great. Th there was so many insane things. Our lead actor and lead musician, so our concept going into it is, so there's there's this character, Mosh, uh, Masha in the original one, but Mosh has three songs that, that uh, she would come out and like play on the ukulele. And like she, she sings a little duet with someone later, but that's really it. And there's original music by James Sugg for that. And it's very simple. It's nice, but it's like, it's very simple. And we were originally going to have some original music done, but then that, that didn't work out. So we, we have all these actor musicians. And so we got Anna to come in and do these beautiful arrangements and add music and other parts of the show, underscoring. One of the actors, Tim Wagner, wrote a beautiful waltz. He called Russian waltz called the, the Waltz of the Midnight Pie. That's what he kind of unofficially calls it. And, you know, we were putting together all this music. So we have like horns and we have like guitars and flutes and trumpets and trombones and then our lead actor right after we got cast fell off his bike and broke his clavicle so he this was months beforehand so he he was supposed to be entirely healed 
And he ended up having a series of surgeries and it just kept getting worse. So he is doing the show in a sling. His clavicle is still broken internally. He has ice packed various parts of the backstage that he can put on. And sometimes he comes out with them. You know, we had to change his costumes and he, he plays like five instruments. And so we had to cut about almost 60% of the musical arrangements that we had done, like really kind of hone it down. And it kind of, there's, there's other people playing, but like really Mosh had to kind of step back up and like really kind of become the musical leader. She plays several, she plays like three different instruments, you know, I mean, poor Connor, who's playing Con is the name of the character in the, the play, the lead. I mean, you know, it's this moment, he's supposed to be really sad and we had this great funny bit with him chasing this person around with a trombone and now he just like sits down and like pulls a harmonica out of his sling and like tries to play the blues, which is, it's, it works really well for the scene, but it's like, it was, it was, it was a very uh, truthful moment of uh, sadness and defeat. Yeah, uh, Moss actually broke her foot right when we started rehearsals. You know, we weren't sure if she was going to have to, she's able to walk without a cane, but like, it's been a lot, you know, there's a customer got trapped at Burning Man. So we had to bring in another customer that I worked with before to kind of help bridge us because we were opening in less than a week. I mean, it, the, the list goes on and on. So everything about getting the show up and like finding our own way through it was unnecessarily challenging and it's a small space you know that's it, it's been a lot but it's it's ultimately been really successful and rewarding and thankfully my designers josh joshua rose has worked in that space with me before and he's the co-artistic director of theater for people so he you know i hardly i gave i think i gave him two scenic notes and a one lighting note during all of the design meetings and tech there's one thing i was like this this is a little too red can we make this a little like softer and like you know he he knows me and he knows what i want so and he's brilliant so thankfully we were able to get it all to come together but it was a lot getting it up and running it, it sounds like it oh my gosh wrap the rest of your cast in bubble wrap <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i yeah. i'm glad to hear that everyone's okay though that's the important thing everyone's all right but yeah. Yeah. Wow. I mean, this is one of those shows I feel like you're all going to look back and just be like, yeah, we did that. Well, is there a message or a thought you're hoping the audiences take away from Stupid Fucking Bird? Yeah. You know, Chekhov is so much about the 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 actual, he pulls no punches. And Aaron Posner really captures this, I think. And like pulling no punches about the unfairness and the struggle and the heartbreak, the the pangs of despised love and such that we we kind of suffer through life, but that ultimately we just keep going on and hopefully marching forward, even if it's inch by inch. One thing in particular, both in that's true of the original script and in this, is that you know the seagull he 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 calls it a comedy but it has a really, there's some intense things that are still continuing on at the end. And one of the things that I, I've tried to sort of subtly and kind of sneak up on the audience is what happens to people 
as we're all kind of going through our own struggles and all kind of dealing with it, that when someone becomes very isolated in life and in the struggle, that there's, it's very dangerous. And that, you know, as funny and as weird and absurd as life is, that once someone becomes isolated, it's very, once you lose human connection, there's a real, that's it, really the most devastating thing for us, I think, is, to, is when we don't feel connected and we don't feel loved and understood. So, you know, I'm hoping that people leave that, the show laughing and, you know, maybe a little, little teary eyed and, and also just remembering to like reach out to other people when they, when we see people are struggling, even if we only see, you know, this much, just like a little bit, like you don't know what iceberg is under the sea. And sometimes just reaching out can really do a lot. Amen to that. That is such a beautiful message. I love that. Well, thanks. My final question for this first part is, who do you hope have access to your show? Well, who I hope has access? Hopefully everybody. You know, one of the things that we weren't able to do it for this show, we do have some deaf and hearing impaired people coming to the show, for which we, you know, we, we try and provide a script beforehand so they can read it and then also follow along as they watch it you know we one thing with this venue is that handicap access there's an elevator but it in terms of seating if someone's in a wheelchair it is it is a tight space and there are things with that but you know economically like this saturday is our we always have uh pay what you can performances so you know if you're absolutely dead broke and have nothing to do come on up see a show like you don't you can come in for free if you need to. That's something that we always try and do, have more than a third of our shows be pay what you can so that, you know, that I know I missed out on so many things when I first moved to New York because I, I just had zero dollars and I would have loved to have participated in and supported the art. With what one of the things that Theater for the People is working towards is getting funding to, after this, make our show those like really much more accessible to hearing impaired and then investigating what it takes for visually impaired as well that's a long-term goal and sadly funding can be hard to get and it can be and it's way more expensive than you think it is but it is it is something that's really important to us so hopefully everybody has access to it switch things up a little on our second part of the show we always let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests a little bit more we've we've had you on before so we've picked your brain a little bit and i want to start by asking you this time how did you come into the performing arts oh well you know i come from a long line of ministers and missionaries i'm not religious at all i'm very much an atheist now but i'm certainly raised in it so i think uh, performing and perhaps living somewhat truthfully in imaginary circumstances comes pretty easy to me you know i was like eight seven or eight years old and there was there's a little community theater that's doing like a kid's show and i played a mad 
and there was an, an 11 year old redheaded gal and she played a kiss and like when i so i got to go on stage and just like throw these tantrums and then she would like give me a little kiss and i would calm down and you know there were a lot of sparks a lot of sparks and a little little may De december may relationship going on there older woman but um i uh, you know i think kind of at that point was it um you know the truth is i was i was doing theater some small professional theaters in in like middle school and high school i was i was doing some and then i was gonna leave it by, behind that i was playing soccer in college and my soccer coach was like you need to go take some dance classes and i took some ballet and a year later i quit the soccer team and just focused on ballet and from that kind of got back into theater you know my my uh, one of my teachers was choreographing Oklahoma and she was like you have to come be my dream curly and then you know next thing I know I was like, well I'm back on stage saying lines singing songs now I'm doing all this, this dancing yeah just kind of got pulled back in you know that is incredible I love that journey for you well, I know that you are in the thick of things with Stupid Fucking Bird, and you've got this great new job of yours, but by any chance, have you had any time to see any great theater you might be able to recommend to our listeners? I I have been so busy that I haven't seen, I'm trying to think, I mean, I saw Fat Ham, I saw Parade, those those are both gone. You know, I think the one of the last things I saw was Ultra Left Violence, the last show at the, the, the new Ohio theater before Robert Lyons left the building and handed it off, which I think Daniel Azari, I hope I'm saying his last name right, and Robert Lyons, I think they're developing it further out in uh, Brooklyn. I would, whenever that comes up and around, and I, I, I don't remember off the top of my head where it's going to be in Brooklyn, if you want to go see a wild challenging funny and like <laughs> sometimes frustrating piece of theater but like some where you you won't be bored you won't relax ever in that show i would highly recommend it i if the title is staying the same i think it's like ultra left violence and you know especially like daniel azari i really hope i'm saying his last name right he is such an incredible magnetic performer and kind of orchestrator of theater so i would highly recommend that i love that that sounds incredible that really yeah. just that show sounds incredible i'm not sure if i had the chance to ask you this last time but i would love to know what is your favorite part about working in the theater so many things you know i love it when you know sometimes when you hit the whole gestalt and like a moment with of, of music or sound and and a visual aspect will just exactly line up with like a like a wonderful moment of story and like acting and it's just really electric there's a there's a small moment and i'm sure other people have found it in stupid fucking bird but i i do have to say our our Nina, our Mel Matos, she, she found this moment in a funny scene and she's so charming and funny in it. And there's just like a little bit of music to Anna Stefanik wrote to kind of underscore this moment. And it's so silly and goofy and funny. And Mel is able to take this like sweet line that comes after this very funny moment. And like she 
has really found this incredible kind of gut-wrenching switch to it. And it, you can, you know, every night you can hear the audience go from like laughing and kind of giggling at, at this silly thing she's doing. And then like, just kind of have a moment of like, you can hear them suck in their breath and like, just like, and it's fucking wonderful. You know, it's, it's, it's a lovely thing when the lights and the sound and the set and the performance and the story and all, all hit like that. That's, uh, that's the best. It's the best. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, we have come to my favorite question to ask guests, and I'm very excited to hear yours. I know we've heard one from you before, but what is another of your favorite theater memories? Yeah, so Aaron Posner came by a rehearsal. He saw that we were doing the show on social media. Shout out to Haley Rice for being Theater for the People's amazing social media manager. And he just messaged me, Facebook messaged me and was like, hey, I saw you doing the show. I'm in town for callbacks for a show I'm directing. Can I come by? And he couldn't come to a performance, but he came to rehearsal and it was it was great. Like it was a great moment for the cast. You know, we sang one of the songs for him. He talked to me for a while. He's just a really cool guy really down to earth and you know he asks he's a director primarily so you know he asked a couple of really smart questions and was just like a a lovely down-to-earth human and you know he's working on his final checkoff adaptation so he did life sucks as well which is the uncle vanya adaptation he has a no sisters which is not published because it's and I, I've always wondered why I heard about it and I was waiting for it to be published, but he, it's actually a story that you, so the idea is that you are doing the three sisters in one theater and then you have to have another theater that's like connected to it. And in that place, you're doing no sisters. And it's all the characters from three sisters that have these long gaps of time. So they run at the exact same time and actors are going from three sisters and then coming when they're off stage they run over to this other theater and they're performing in no sisters which i know sounds amazing i want a copy of it. i want to do it i'm so intrigued and like i don't know ignited by the challenge of trying to pull something like that off but his final one he did say i think it's going to be called the the tortured cherry and so the cherry orchard adaptation is finally coming and i'm really excited about that so there you go a little little insider info for your podcast. That is amazing. First of all, it's amazing that Aaron Poser came and I love that that's your memory. So thank you for sharing that. But also that is just amazing stories to come. I'm with you on the sister show. Thank you for sharing that. That's wonderful. Are there any other projects or productions that you or your company have coming down the pipeline that we might be able to plug for you? Yeah, so this is not for Theater for the People, but there's an organization called Bay. If you follow me on social media, I am directing a benefit reading of The Normal Heart on December 1st. It's a charity benefit. Jordan Roth is going to be in it, which is it's super exciting. Matthew Corzine is playing Ned Meeks. 
and it's just going to be, oh, and we have like so many, so many wonderful people. There's some big names in this and it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot more than just a reading, than a stage reading. I have some exciting plans for that. And that will be in New York City on December 1st. Follow me on social media and you'll get the info since I'm terrible <laughs> at remembering these things. That is incredible, though. That is amazing. That is that is one of my favorite plays in the entire world. And the fact that you're doing it on World AIDS Day, December 1st, is yep. incredible. So I, I will definitely have to clear my schedule that day because I want to be there to see this. That's yeah, yeah. Well, that kind of leads me to my final question, which is if our listeners would like more information about Stupid Fucking Bird or about you, perhaps they want to reach out to you, how can they do so? Um, the easiest way to do it is follow us on Instagram, Theater for the People, Isaac James Byrne Acting, and that's Byrne spelled like like David Byrne or Gabriel Byrne, the drunken Irish way of spelling Byrne. B-I-R-N-E. If you follow us on Instagram, you know, that's the easiest way to find all of our, all of our upcoming things. Or, or just uh, visit the website, theaterforthepeople.org. You know, if you want to look at things I've done, you can go to isaacburn.com. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's uh, that's the easy way. Incredible. Well, Isaac, it has been an absolute joy having you back here and talking to us about this amazing show I'm so happy you reached out and I'm so happy we got this time to chat. Thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely. You're lovely. Thank you. My guest today has been the director, Isaac Byrne, who's with Theater for the People, and they're presenting Stupid Fucking Bird now through October 1st at the Matthew Corzine Studio. Tickets and more information are available at theaterforthepeople.org as well as at eventbrite.com. You can also get more information by following or contacting our guests through some of the information left behind. We're going to post that in our episode description as well as on our social media post. But for right now, head on over to their website, theaterforthepeople.org. Get your tickets. It's closing soon. You don't want to miss it. Stupid fucking bird playing now through October 1st. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones Unwrap your candies and keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town met in a foreign land. One sang the praises of Cape if you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you. Hello.